Welcome back to Zion's Redemption Radio Network. Today we're going to be covering Chapter 9 of the book on the teachings of the Doctrine of Eternal Lives. The title of this chapter is Eternal Progression, Eternal Lives. David, King of Israel, stated, He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the mire clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He hath put me, he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Psalms chapter 40, verses 2 and 3. Thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles, shalt quicken me again, and shalt bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Psalms chapter 71, verse 20. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. Psalms chapter 102, verse 26. Quicken me, O Lord, for thy name's sake, for thy righteousness' sake, bring me Bring my soul out of trouble. Psalms chapter 143 verse 11. The prophet Isaiah said, Behold, I will make thee a sharp threshing instrument, having teeth. Thou shalt thresh the mountains and beat them small, and shalt make the hills as chaff. Isaiah 41 verse 15. Jeremiah stated, Alas, for that day is great so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's troubles, but he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and I will burst thy bonds, and strangers shall no more serve themselves of him, but they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 7 through 9. Ezekiel stated, And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, even my servant David. He shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God and my servant David, a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken it. Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 23 through 24. Ezekiel also stated, Ezekiel also stated, And David, my servant, shall be king over them, and they all shall have one shepherd. They shall also walk in my judgments and observe my statutes and do them. And they shall dwell in the land that I have given unto my servant, unto Jacob my servant, wherein your fathers have dwelt. And they shall dwell therein, even they and their children, and their children's children forever. And my servant David shall be their prince forever. Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 24 through 25. The prophet Daniel said, And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, 
for the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. Daniel chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. The New English Version gives a different rendering of the last verse, and it says, But go your way to the end and rest, and you shall arise to your destiny at the end of the age. In the book of Mark in the New Testament, it says, And after that he, speaking of Christ, appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country. Mark chapter 16, verse 12. In the book of Luke, it states, And Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Luke chapter 2, verse 34. In the book of John, it says, To him, actually, I think this is Revelation, so this is the, the Apostle John writing in the book of Revelations. It says, To him that overcometh will I grant a seat with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sat down with the Father in his throne. Revelations chapter 3, verse 21. In Scripture it also says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keeps my sayings, he shall never see death. John chapter 8, verse 51. John the Apostle also wrote down, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die and bring forth much fruit, but if, but it, I'm sorry, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And that's actually Jesus Christ speaking, but that's in John chapter 12, verse 24. The apostle Paul stated, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35. Paul also states, For I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. Romans chapter 7, verse 9. Paul also writes, But some man will say, How art the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not quickened, except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not, that the body that shall be. But bare grain it may chance of wheat, or of some other grain. But God giveth it a body, as he hath pleased him, and to every seed his own body. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35 through 38. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 2. Joseph Smith states, and actually this is in the Doctrine and Covenants, so this is Jesus Christ, although this one is in DNC section 132, and there's some problems with that, but I'm just going to read it anyway. This is life. This is eternal lives, to know the only wise and true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, verse 24. 
For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old, and as well in times of old as in times to come. Wherefore, the course of the Lord is one eternal round. First Nephi chapter 10, verse 19. I perceive that it has been made known unto you by the testimony of his word that he cannot walk in crooked paths, neither doth he vary from that which he hath said, neither hath he a shadow of turning from the right to the left or from that which is right to that which is wrong. Therefore, his his course is one eternal round. And that comes from the prophet Alma in the book of Alma, chapter 7, verse 20. And it may also suffice if I only say they are preserved for, for a wise purpose, which purpose is known unto God. For he doeth, for he doth counsel in wisdom over all his works, and his paths are straight, and his course is one eternal round. Alma chapter 37, verse 12. For God doth not walk in crooked paths, neither doth he turn to the right hand nor to the left, neither doth he vary from that which he hath said. Therefore his paths are straight, and his and his course is one eternal round. Doctrine and Covenants section 3 verse 2. Listen to the voice of the Lord your God, even Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, whose course is one eternal round, the same today as yesterday and forever. Doctrine and Covenants section 35 verse 1. And inasmuch as he is faithful, I will crown him again with sheaves. Doctrine and Covenants section 79 verse 3. Let no man be afraid to lay down his life for my sake. For whosoever layeth down his life for my sake shall find it again. Doctrine and Covenants section 103 verse 27. For whoso is faithful unto the obtaining of these two priesthoods which I have spoken, and the magnifying their calling, and are sanctified by the Spirit unto the renewing of their bodies. Doctrine and Covenants section 84 verse 33. And Abram said, Lord God, how wilt thou give me this land for an everlasting inheritance? And the Lord said, Though thou wast dead, yet I am not able to give it to thee. And if thou shalt die, yet thou shalt possess it. For the day cometh that the Son of Man shall live. But how can he live if he cannot or cannot if he be not dead, he must first be quickened. And that's in the Joseph Smith translation of Genesis chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. Continuing on, but behold, thus saith the Lord God, when the day cometh that they shall believe in me, that I am Christ, then have I covenanted with their fathers that they shall be restored in the flesh upon the earth unto the lands of their inheritance. Second Nephi chapter 10 verse 7. For he are said he, I have repented of my sins and have been redeemed of the Lord. 
Behold, I am born of the Spirit. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters, and thus they became, they become new creatures. And unless they do this, they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Moses chapter, or I'm sorry, Mosiah chapter 27 verses 24 through 26. For behold, this is my work and my glory to bring to pass the immortality and the eternal life of man. Moses chapter 1 verse 39. You are also in the beginning with the Father. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 23. That you may come unto the Father in my name, and in due time receive of his fullness. Doctrine and Covenants, section 93, verse 19. I believe that's talking about the fullness of the priesthood. Anyway, continuing on. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord, For from henceforth do they rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. They rest from their labors for a long time, and yet the work is held in reserve for them, that they are permitted to do the same works after they receive a resurrection for their bodies. But we shall leave this subject of a terrestrial body for another time in order to treat upon them more fully." That comes from the words of Joseph Smith, page 42. And I will show it plainly as I showed it upon my disciples as I stood before them in the flesh and spake unto them, saying, As ye have asked me concerning the signs of my coming, in the day when I shall come in my glory in the clouds of heaven, to fulfill the promises that I have made unto your fathers, for as ye have looked upon the long absence of your spirits from your bodies to be a bondage, I will show unto you how the day of redemption shall come. Doctrine and Covenants section 45 verses 16 through 17. And after Christ shall have risen from the dead, he shall show himself unto you, my children, and my beloved brethren, and the words which he shall speak unto you shall be the law by or which you shall do. Second Nephi chapter 26 verse 1. What Nephi is, is trying to tell his, what is Nephi trying to tell his children? So that's a, a a question the author has inserted into these quotes. Continuing on with more quotes. And now behold my beloved brethren, I suppose that you ponder somewhat in your hearts concerning that which you should do after you have entered in by the way. But behold, why do you ponder these things in your hearts? Behold, this is the doctrine of Christ, and there will be no more doctrine given until after he shall manifest himself unto you in the flesh. And when he shall manifest himself to you in the flesh, the things which he shall say unto you shall ye observe to do. Second Nephi chapter 32 one and six. 
the uh, author who compiled this gives another question. Is Nephi trying to tell his brethren that they will be alive again when Christ comes in 600 years? <sighs> Continuing on with the quotes, All things are theirs, whether life or death. Doctrine and Covenants, section 76, verse 59. Interesting that the celestial person could choose again or choose death again. Continuing on, now whether there shall be one time or a second time or a third time that men shall come forth from the dead, it mattereth not. For God knoweth all these things, and it sufficeth me to know that this is the case, that there is a time appointed that all shall rise from the dead. Alma chapter 40 verse 5. And now behold, is the meaning of the word restoration to take a thing of a natural state and place it in an unnatural state or to place it in a state opposite of its nature oh my son this is not the case but the meaning of the word restoration is to bring back again evil for evil or carnal for carnal or devilish for devilish good for that which is good righteous for that which is righteous, just for that which is just, merciful for that which is merciful, Alma chapter 40, verses 12 and 13. And then here's another one from DNC section 132, which, like I said, it has problems, historical problems, but I'm going to read it anyway. But if she, speaking of Emma, will not abide this commandment, then shall my servant Joseph do all things for her, even as he hath said. And I will bless him and multiply him and give unto him an hundredfold in this world of fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters, houses and land, lands, wives and children, and crowns of eternal lives in the eternal worlds. Doctrine and Covenants section 132 verse 55. The earthly thing is in the image of the heavenly, shows that it is by the multiplication of lives that the eternal worlds are created and occupied. And that comes from Joseph Smith, as recorded in the words of Joseph Smith, page 232. He showed that the power of the Melchizedek uh, priesthood was to have the power of an, of an endless lives. That comes from the prophet Joseph Smith is recorded in the words of Joseph Smith, page 247. When the word Ruach applies to Eve, it should be translated lives. Teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 301. Real quick, it doesn't say this in the book, but the word Ruach in Hebrew means the breath of God. Um, the word Ruach HaKodesh is where we get the Holy Spirit from. It means the set-apart breath of God. So, just let me read this quote again. When the word Ruach, or the breath of life, applies to Eve, it should be translated as lives. Oh, so it's basically saying that Eve had many lives. That's Teachings of the Prophet, Joseph Smith, page 301. 
For straight is the gate, and narrow the way that leadeth unto the exaltation and the continuation of the lives, and few there be that find it. Because ye receive me not in the world, neither do ye know me. Doctrine and Covenants, section 132, verse 22. Joseph said, I was his before I came here, and he said, all that... All the devils in hell should never get me from him. And that is a quote from Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner, quoting Joseph Smith, the first Mormon by Donnie Hill, page 351. So Mary Elizabeth Rollins Leitner was one of the women that Joseph Smith was sealed to for time and all eternity. I don't believe he lived polygamy with these uh, individuals he was sealed to, but she was sealed to him. And that's what she said that he said to her. So, all right, continuing on, time passed away with us and also our lives passed away like as it were unto us a dream. Jacob in the Book of Mormon, chapter 7, verse 26. If Abraham reasoned thus, if Jesus Christ was the Son of God, here. And John discovered that God the Father of Jesus Christ had a father. You may suppose that he had a father also. Where was there ever a son without a father? And where was there ever a father without it being a son? Whenever did a tree or anything spring into existence without a progenitor? And everything comes in this way. Paul says... That that which is earthly is in the likeness of that which is heavenly. Hence, if Jesus had a father, can we not believe that he had a father also? I, I despise the idea of being scared to death at such a doctrine, for the Bible is full of it. And that was Joseph Smith, as recorded in History of the Church, Volume 6, page 476. And with that particular quote, he was actually referring to... Um, Revelations chapter 1, where it states that Jesus Christ hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. I'm also remembering uh, when Jesus Christ was on the cross and he said to the thief today, Thou shalt be with me in paradise. And three days later, he appeared to Miriam or Mary at the garden tomb. And he said, Hold me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go unto my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and to your father. That was speaking of Michael, our common father, who became Adam, and my God and your God, which is speaking of Jehovah our Elohim. Now I know the modern doctrine of the church teaches that Jesus Christ and Jehovah are the same person. But in the Doctrine and Covenants, not the Doctrine and Covenants, in the Book of Moses, chapter 1, verse 6, Jehovah is speaking to Moses and he says, You are in the very similitude of mine only begotten Son. Well, if Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son and Jesus Christ is Jehovah, it doesn't make sense. But if Jehovah has an only begotten Son, That Jesus and Jesus Christ is a, a holy and only begotten Son, then they're not the same persons. 
Also in Ether chapter 3, when Mohan Rai Moriankumar, or the brother of Jared, sees Jesus in his spirit form, he says, Jesus says, never at any time have I showed myself unto man, and this is my spirit body, and this is what I'll come, this is how I'll come in the meridian of time, basically. But Jehovah had appeared unto many before the flood. He walked with Methuselah. He walked with Adam. He walked with Enoch face to face. And after the flood, he sat down with Abraham and had a meal of meat and dairy with him in the flesh. Yet at the same time, Jesus shows himself into Mahanre Moriankumar, and he says he doesn't have flesh at that time, but that's what it'll look like. And that he had never appeared to man before that point. See, these things show that what the doctrine was before John Taylor was that Jesus Christ is the great-grandson of Jehovah. And when Jehovah was telling uh, Moses that he was in the very similitude of his only begotten son, who was actually speaking of Michael, who is an only begotten of Jehovah, which I've talked about this uh, in past podcasts and videos about the progression of the gods and these type of things. But this doctrine began to be lost in the 1880s, shortly after the death of Brigham Young. And by the time it was, uh, by the time the 1920s comes around, James E. Talmadge writes Jesus the Christ and pretty much solidifies this false doctrine that Jesus and Jehovah are the same person into the modern understanding of the Mormon doctrine. But in the beginning, it was not so. Joseph Smith and Brigham Young taught that Jehovah is the great grandfather of Jesus Christ. So anyway, and I've done whole episodes on that, two-hour episodes on that, showing it um, in my podcast. You could probably go back to uh, in my podcast at blogtalkradio.com forward slash fundamentally Mormon. And just keep going back till you find Mysteries of Creation, and then there will be a podcast that talks about Adam. Uh, There's a couple, actually, podcasts that talk about this, where I go into detail with that. Continuing on, it says, I would make you think I was climbing a ladder when I was climbing a rainbow. Whoever revealed it, God never did. The words of the prophet Joseph Smith, page 211. Do the colors of the rainbow possibly relate to the levels of the person's spiritual attainment or the level of or grade attained in the spirit world? When his commandments teach us, it is in, in view of eternity, for we are looked upon by God as though we were in eternity. God dwells in eternity and does not view things as we do. That comes from the prophet Joseph Smith, as recorded in History of the Church, Volume 6, page 313. All men know that they must die, and it is important that we understand the reasons and causes of our exposure to the vicissitudes of life and of death, and the design and purposes of of God in our coming into the world our sufferings here, and our departure hence. What is the object of our coming into existence? 
than dying and falling away to be here no more. It is but reasonable to suppose that God would reveal something in reference to this matter, for it is a subject we ought to study more than any other. We ought to study it day and night, for the world is ignorant in reference to their true conditions and relation. And if we have any claim of our Heavenly Father for anything, it is for knowledge on this important subject. Could we read and comprehend all that has been written from the days of Adam on the relation of man to God and angels in the future state? We should know very little about it. Reading the experiences of others or the revelations given to them can never give us a comprehensive view of our condition in true relation to God. Knowledge of these things can only be obtained by experience through the ordinances of God set forth for that purpose. Could you gaze into heaven five minutes? You would know more than you would by reading all that ever has been written on the subject. And that comes from Joseph Smith as recorded in History of the Church, Volume 6, page 50. All of your losses will be made up unto, un, or, ugh, all of your losses will be made up to you in the resurrection. Joseph Smith, History of the Church, Volume 362. Brigham Young stated, "It is written that God knows all things and has all power. He has the rule and command of this earth, and is the father of all of the human beings that have lived here." That, will, that do live here and will live upon it. If any of his children be, become heirs to all things, they in their turn can say by and by that they know all things and that they will be called Supreme, Almighty, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. All this and more that cannot enter into the hearts to conceive is promised to the faithful and are but so many stages in that ceaseless progression of eternal lives. This will not detract anything from the glory and mighty of our Heavenly Father, for He will still remain our Father, and, he, and we shall still be subject to Him. And as we progress in glory and power, the more it enhances the glory and power of our Heavenly Father. This principle holds good in either state, whether mortal or immortal. That comes from Brigham Young, Discourses of Brigham Young, selected and arranged by John A. Whitso. And it also is recorded in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, Verse 5. Brigham Young also goes on to say, The great and grand secret of salvation which should continually seek to understand, which we should continually seek to understand through our faithfulness is the continuation of lives. Those of the Latter-day Saints who will continue to follow after the revelations and commandments of God to do them, who are found to be obedient in all things, continually advancing little by little towards perfection and the knowledge of God, they, when they enter the spirit world and receive their bodies, will be able to advance faster in the things pertaining to the knowledge of the gods and will continue onward and upward until they become gods 
even the sons of God. This, I say, is the great secret of the hereafter, to continue in the lives forever and ever, which is the greatest of all gifts God has ever bestowed upon his children. We all have it within our reach. We can attain we all we can all attain to this perfection and exalted state if we will embrace its principles and practice them in our everyday life. How accommodating, how glorious and divine are the dealings of God with his fallen children. We have been called from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the living God. By obeying the whisperings of this Holy Spirit, which we have received by virtue of obedience to the gospel, which prompts us to purge from within us all sinful desires, we can say we are no more in the world, but we are in Christ, our living head. The philosophy of our, of our coming out of the world is the putting off of the old man's sin and the putting on the new man, Jesus Christ. And that's Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 18, page 260. Brigham Young also stated, Having fought the good fight, we then shall be prepared to lay our bodies down to rest, to await the morning of the resurrection, when they will come forth and be reunited with the spirits, the faithful, as it is said, receiving crowns and glory, immortality and eternal lives, even a fullness with the Father, when Jesus shall present his work to the Father, saying, Father, here is the work thou gavest me to do. Then will they become gods, even the sons of God. Then will they become eternal fathers, eternal mothers, eternal sons, and eternal daughters. Being eternal in their organization, they go from glory to glory, from power to power. They will never cease to increase and to multiply worlds without end. When they receive their crowns, their dominions, they then will be prepared to frame earths like unto ours and to people them in the same manner as we have been brought forth by our, by our parents and by our Father and God. Journal of Discourses, Volume 18, page 259. The world may in vain ask the question, Who are we? But the Gospel tells us that we are the sons and daughters of that God whom we serve. Some say we are the children of Adam and Eve. So we are. And they are the children of our Heavenly Father. We are are all the children of Adam and Eve, and they are the offspring of him who dwells in the heavens, the highest intelligence that dwells anywhere that we have any knowledge of. Here we find ourselves, and when infants, the most helpless, and and needing the most care and attention of any creature that come into being on the face of the earth, Here we find in ourselves the germ and foundation, the embryo of exaltation, glory, immortality, and eternal lives. And quote Brigham Young, 
and that is in Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 311 and 312. When the time came that his firstborn, the Savior, should come into the world and take a tabernacle, the Father came himself and favored that spirit with a tabernacle instead of letting any other man do it. The Savior was begotten by the Father and his spirit, by the same being who is the Father of our spirits, and that is all the organic difference between Jesus Christ and you and me. And a, and a difference there is between our Father and us consists in that he has gained his exaltation and has obtained eternal lives. The principle of eternal lives is an eternal existence, eternal duration, eternal exaltation. Endless are his kingdoms, endless are his thrones, and his dominions, and endless are his posterity. They never will cease to multiply from this time hence forever and ever. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 218. When the spirit of revelation of God inspires a man, a man, his mind is opened to behold the beauty, order, and glory of the creation of this earth and its inhabitants. The object of its creation and the purpose of its creator in peopling it with his children. He can then clearly understand that that our existence here is for the sole purpose of exaltation and restoration to the presence of our Father and God, where we may progress endlessly in the power of godliness. After the mind has thus been illuminated, the ignorance and blindness of the great masses of mankind are more apparent. Yet there is no son or daughter of Adam and Eve who has not been who has not incorporated in his organization the priceless gem of endless life. For the endless duration and endless lives which they are approaching. And that was Brigham Young is recorded in the Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 256. Brigham Young goes on to say, So in like manner, every faithful son of God becomes, as it were, Adam to the race that springs from his loins. When they are embraced in the covenants and blessings of the holy priesthood, and in the lapse of eternity, and in the progress of eternal lives, every true Son of God becomes a King of kings and a Lord of lords, and it may also be said of him, as it was written of Jesus Christ, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. When death ends the reign of an, eter- when death ends the reign of an earthly king, he is stripped of his regal power which gives place to the habiliments of the tomb, and another wears the crown he wore and sits upon the throne he occupied and rules over the kingdom he ruled. Not so with the sons of God, when they are crowned and receive their kingdom, for they have embraced the everlasting gospel and have been regenerated and sanctified through its institutions purified through the grave and raised again by the power of the resurrection 
to newness of life as it is written, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, we have not yet received our kingdoms. Neither will we until we have finished our work on the earth, passed through the ordeals, and are brought up by the power of the resurrection, and are crowned with glory and eternal lives. Then he that overcome and is found worthy will be made a king of kings, a lord of lords over his own posterity, or in other words, a father of fathers. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 10, page 355. Brigham Young also stated, And when he, when we have passed into the sphere where Joseph is, there is still another department, and then another and another, and so on to an eternal progression in exaltation and eternal lives. That is the exaltation I am looking for. May God bless you. Amen. Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 375. We are now, or may be, as perfect in our sphere as God and angels are in theirs. But the greatest intelligence and existence continually ascend to greater heights of, of perfection. We are created for the, the express purpose of increase. There are none correctly organized, but can increase from birth to old age. What is there that is not ordained after an eternal law of existence? It is the deity within us that causes increase. Does this idea startle you? Are you ready to exclaim, what? The supreme in us? Yes, he is in every person upon the face of the earth. The elements that every individual is made of and lives in possesses the Godhead. This you cannot understand. Not this you cannot now understand, but you will hereafter. The deity within us is the great principle that causes us to increase and to grow in grace and truth. End quote. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 93. Brigham Young also stated, You read about a first resurrection, and if there is a first, there is a second, and if a second, there may there not be a third and a fourth all and all and a fourth and so on journal of discourses volume 7 page 287 the lord created you and me for the purpose of becoming gods like himself and when we have been proved in our present capacity and been faithful with all things he puts into our possession we are created we are born for the express purpose of growing up from the lowest state of manhood to become gods like unto our father in heaven that is the truth about it just as it is the lord has organized mankind for the express purpose of increasing in that intelligence and truth which is with god until he is capable of creating worlds on worlds and becoming gods even the sons of god journal of discourses volume 3 page 93
Brigham Young also says, To us, life is the sweetest of all enjoyments. A man will give all that he has for his life, yet it is compared to a span length, and is swift to its termination like the shuttle that passeth over the weaver's beam. Even when denied the enjoyment of health and the worldly comforts and conveniences, still will men cling to life to the last. The kingdom of God secures unto the faithful eternal life with the wives, children, and friends in glory immortal and in eternal felicity and bliss. Life eternal in his presence is the greatest gift that that God can bestow upon his children. This life is nothing in point of... This life is nothing in point of duration in comparison with the life which is to come to the faithful. And for that reason, we say that in this life, it is the kingdom of God or nothing to us. With the kingdom of God and the the faculties it offers for an everlasting progression in godliness until we know all things as our Father in heaven knows them, There is no life of greater importance than this life, for there is no life in heaven or on earth to the true followers of Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, that is not incorporated in his gospel. Those who reject the gospel when it is proclaimed to them by the authority of heaven cannot know the Father and the Son and are cut off from from the eternal life which this knowledge alone gives. Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 126 and 127. A few words more upon the subject of eternal existence. Of the soul, it is hard for mankind to comprehend the principle that philosophers of the world will concede that the elements of which you and I are composed are eternal. Yet they believe that there was a time when there was no God. They cannot comprehend how it is that God can be eternal. Let me ask this congregation, can you realize the eternity of your own existence? Can you realize that the intelligence which is in you receive, which you receive is eternal? I can comprehend this just as well as I can comprehend as I can that I am now in possession of it for it is easy for me to comprehend that it will exist eternally as that anything else will I wish to impress upon your minds the reality that when the body which is organized for intelligence to dwell in dies and returns to its mother earth all the feelings sensibilities faculties and powers of the spirit are still alive they never die, but in the absence of the body are more acute. They are organized for an eternal existence. If this congregation can comprehend that the intelligence that is in them is eternal in its nature and existence, if they could realize that when saints pass through the veil, they are not dead, but have been laying the foundation of these tabernacles for exaltation, laying the foundation to become gods, even the sons of God. 
for crowns which they will yet receive they will they would receive the truth in the lo- in the love of it live by it and continue in it until they receive all knowledge and wisdom until they grow into eternity and have the veil taken from before their eyes to behold the handiworks of God among all people, his goings forth among the nations of the earth, and to discover the rule and law by which he governs, then could they say of a truth, the, the acknowledge, we acknowledge the hand of God in all things. All is right. Zion is here in our own possession. I have thus summed up in a broken manner that which I desire to speak. We are not able to comprehend all things, but we can continue to learn and grow until all will be perfectly dear to our minds, which is a great privilege to enjoy. The blessings of an eternal increase and the man or woman who lives worthily is now in a state of salvation. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, pages 5 and 6. Brigham Young also goes on to say, Every person possessing the principles of eternal life should look upon his body as it were earth, of the earth, earthy. Our bodies must return to their mother earth. True, to most people it is a wrench thought that our spirits must, for a longer or shorter period be separated from our bodies and thousands and millions have been subject to this affliction throughout their lives. If they understood the design of this probation and the true principles of eternal life, it is but a small matter for the body to suffer and die. Brigham Young, Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 240. We talk about our trials and troubles here in this life, but suppose that you could see yourselves thousands and millions of years after you have proved faithful to your religion during the few short years in this time and have obtained eternal salvation and a crown of glory in the presence of God. Then look back upon your lives here and see the the losses, crosses, and disappointments, the sorrows arising from disobedient children, from wicked parents who have opposed their children, who wished to embrace the truth, the persecutions from city to city, from state to state, being hunted and driven, you would be constrained to exclaim, but what of all that? Those things were but for a moment. And we are now here. We have been faithful during a few moments in our mortality. And now we enjoy eternal life and glory with power to progress in all the boundless knowledge and through the countless stages of progression, enjoying the smiles and approbation of our Father and God and of Jesus Christ, our elder brother. And quote, Journal of Discourses, Volume 7, page 275. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the opening avenue, the open gate in the road or way from earth to heaven 
through which direct revelation comes to the children of men in their various capacities, according to their calling and standing in society in which they live. The gospel of salvation is a portion of the law that pertains to the kingdom where God resides, and the ordinances pertaining to the holy priesthood are meant by which the children of men find access to the way of life, wherein they can extend their travels until they return to the presence of their Father in God. This no person will dispute, who has faith in the character of the deity. They will acknowledge that God is true, that his system of salvation is correct, and that his law is just that he is equal in all his ways, and that the ordinances of his house are true and faithful. Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 159. The spirit of revelation, even the spirit of eternal life, is within that person who lives so as to bear properly the yoke of Jesus. The heavens are open to such persons and they see and understand things that pertain to eternity and also the things that pertain to this earth, which will pass away with it, and those who love the things of earth will pass away with it. When death takes them, all is gone, but the person that wears the yoke of Jesus and bears his burden, who loves the cause of truth, and righteousness more than all else. Why, says he, eternity is full of fathers and mothers. There is my Father enthroned in glory. He is the Father of my spirit. God our Father, who dwells in eternity, is the Father of our spirits and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The man or woman that lives in the revelations of Jesus Christ can see and understand this. Here is our earthly fathers, the begetters of our mortal bodies. But there is the foundation of all life that I or any other person can possess on the face of the earth. Even God my Father who dwells in the heavens, there also is my mother. I am not confined to love my father and mother here if they do not love God, the foundation of all truth. In the heavens are fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers. Unless my father, mother, brother, and sister, wife, and child pertaining to the flesh love God supremely, embrace the truth, and follow out the dictates of the Holy Ghost, they are not my kindred. I do not own them. I have nothing to do with them. They will perish, die, and sink into forgetfulness and be as though they had never been. They will pass away and return to the native element. In heavens dwell my Father. There are the heavenly hosts, my sisters, my brethren, my kindred, my friends. They are my bosom acquaintances. We behold each other with the natural eye, and that is short-sighted. But had we eyes to see as God sees, we could see our and I don't know what that word is. 
I'm going to look up the definition because I don't even know how to pronounce it. Um, the antipodes. Let's see here. I don't know what that word means, and I I can't figure out what it means. So anyway, it just says, we could see our antipodes as well as we can see each other's faces. We could see the utmost parts of the earth and behold all creation as well as midnight as at noonday. Darkness would be no no obstruction. Incorporated matter, this tabernacle, the houses, the earth, and even matter that fills space and prevents our seeing objects as gr- at great distances would be no obstruction to our vision. Then we should behold that God is here and that our Father dwells here. We are in his presence just as much as those who sit at the farthest side of the congregation are in my presence. There is much in my presence besides those who sit here. If we had eyes to see the heavenly beings that are in our presence, the person that wears the yoke of Christ, that has communication with the heavens, finds his yoke easy and his burden light. He is master of it, wears the yoke of Jesus, bears his burdens, and the revelations of the Lord Jesus Christ will show to every individual that you are not servants of anything, but that the principles of eternal life give you the mastery, the supremacy over all things in heaven and on earth. Journal of Discourses, Volume 8, page 206 and 207. It is just so with matter. Take, for instance, a grain of sand. You cannot divide it so small that it cannot be divided again. It is capable of infinite division. We know nothing about how many times it can be divided, and it is just so with regarding to the lives in us. In animals, in vegetation, in shrubbery, they are countless. To illustrate, you take a perfectly ripe kernel of corn, and you have some here perhaps in a few days, and if you get a glass, it does not require a very powerful one. You can take a chit of this corn and open it, and you will behold distinctly a stalk of corn. And then that chit, a perfectly grown stalk of corn with ears and leaves on it, matured out in blossom, there is the tassel, there are the ears, there is the corn. Well, you get a stronger glass and divide again, and you can see that this very chit is the grandfather of corn. We take the scientific world for this. Well, how many lives are there in this grain of corn? They are innumerable, and this same infinity is manifest throughout all of the creations of God. We will operate here in all the ordinances of the house of God which pertain to this side of the veil, and those who pass beyond and secure to themselves a resurrection pertaining to the lives will go on and receive more and more 
more and more and receive one after another until they are crowned gods, even the sons of God. This idea is very consoling. Journal of Discourses, Volume 15, page 138. Continuing on with Brigham Young, As for their labor and pursuits in, in eternity, I have not time to take upon the su- that subject, but we shall plenty we shall have plenty to do. We shall not be idle. We shall go on from one step to another, reaching forth into the eternities until we become like the gods, and shall be able to frame for ourselves by the behest and command of the Almighty all those who are counted worthy to be exalted and to become gods, even the sons of God. And we'll go forth and have earths and worlds like those who framed this and millions on millions of others. This is our home, built expressly for us by the Father of our spirits, who is the Father, Maker, Framer, and Producer of these mortal bodies that we now inherit, and which go back to its Mother Earth. Journal of Discourses, Volume 17, page 143. This people have embraced the philosophy of eternal lives. In view of this, we should cease to be children and become philosophers, understanding your own existence, its purpose and ultimate design. Then our days will not become a blank through ignorance, but every day will bring with it its useful and profitable enjoyment or employment. Journal of Discourses, Volume 9, page 190 through 191. I just want to say one thing. Um, We're only at 24%, so there's going to be three parts to this chapter because this chapter is so long. So when we get to 33%, I'm going to look for a place to end this episode, and I'll start a new one. So I'm going to try to get all three episodes out this week so that they can all be together. But this chapter will have three parts. All right. I actually read most of this chapter yesterday. But um, I was sitting in the car when I was doing it. And my phone uh, that I record on, that I'm recording on now, was sitting in the sun, and I didn't realize that it it had overheated and stopped recording. But I did do a video, partly, and I'm going to post that on YouTube. But I decided to read the whole thing over again on my phone for the podcast. So I do explain a couple more things in the video, but realizing how long this chapter is... And how much time I don't have to do it. (laughs) Um, I've just decided to redo the podcast and to make it its own thing. So um, if you're interested in the YouTube video, you can find it at youtube.com forward slash user forward slash God is my compass. Anyway, continuing on, like I said, we're at 24% and I'm going to get to 33% and then I'm going to start a part two. So. This is Brigham Young. We might ask, when shall we cease to learn? I will give you my opinion about it. Never, never. 
If we continue to learn all that we can pertaining to the salvation which is purchased and presented to us through the Son of God, is there a time when a person will cease to learn? Yes, when he has sinned against God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Ghost, God, God's minister. When he has denied the Lord, defiled him, and committed the sin that in the Bible is termed the unpardonable sin, the sin against the Holy Ghost, that is the time when a person will cease to learn. And from that time forth will descend in ignorance, forgetting that which they formerly knew, and decreasing until they return to their native element, whether it be 1,000 or in 1 million years, or during as many eternities as you can count. They will cease to increase, but must decrease until they return to the native element. These are the only characters who will ever cease to learn, both in time and eternity. Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 203. Heber C. Kimball, Joseph always told us that we have have to pass by sentinels that are placed between us and our Father and God. Then, of course, we are conducted along from this probation to another probation, or from one dispensation to another, by those who conducted those dispensations. Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 63. Continuing on, what do, what I do not today, when the sun goes down, I lay down to sleep, which is typical of death, and in the morning I rise and commence my work where I left it yesterday. That course is typical of the probations we take, but suppose that I do not improve my time today. I wake up tomorrow and find myself in the rear. And then, if I do not approve upon that day and lay down again to sleep, on waking, I find myself still in the rears. This day's work is typical of this probation, and the sleep of every night is typical of death, and rising in the morning is typical of the resurrection. They are day's labors, and it is for us to be faithful today, tomorrow, and every day. Brethren, this is the course we have to take. It is a progressive work from one day to another and from one week to another. And if we advance this year, we are so far advanced in preparation to go better through the next year. Journal of Discourses, Volume 4, page 329. Heber C. Kimball also states, If you do not cultivate yourself and cultivate your spirits in this state of existence, it is just as true as where there is a God that liveth. You will have to go into another state of existence and bring your spirits into subjection there. Now you may reflect upon it. You never will obtain your resurrected bodies until you bring your spirits into subjection. I am not talking of this earthly house of mine, neither am I talking to your bodies, but I am speaking to your spirits. I am not talking as the people who are 
who are not in the house? Are not your spirits in the house? Are not your bodies in houses, your tabernacles or temples, and place for your spirits? Look at it, reflect upon it, and if you keep your spirits trained according to the wisdom and fear of God, you will attain to the salvation of both body and spirit. I ask then, if it is your spirits that must be brought into subjection, it is. And if you do not do that in these bodies, you will have to go into another estate to do it. You have got to train yourselves according to the law of God, or you never will obtain your resurrected bodies. Mark it. You do not think of these things. You only think of today. You are talking about heaven and about earth and about hell, etc., But let me tell you, you are in hell now, and you have got to qualify yourselves here in hell to become subjects for heaven. And when, and even when you have got into heaven, yea, we'll find it right here where you are on this earth. When we escape from this earth, we are supposed to go where we suppose we are going to heaven. Do you suppose you are going to the earth that Adam came from, that Elohim came from, where Jehovah the Lord came from? No, when you have learned to become obedient to the Father that dwells upon this earth, to the Father and God of this earth, and obedient to the messengers he sends, when you have done all of that, remember you are not going to leave this earth. You never you will never leave it until you become qualified and capable and capacitated to become a father of an earth yourself. Not one soul of you will ever leave this earth, for if you go for if you go to hell, it is on this earth, and if you go to heaven, it is on this earth, and you will not find it anywhere else. It is not hard to bring these truths home to you. I tell you, I am at home now, and I am in heaven, but the heaven I have to enjoy is the heaven I make myself. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 355 through 357. Our spirits are entangled in these bodies, held captive as it were for a season. They are like the poor saints who, for a time, obliged to dwell in miserable mud shanties that are moldering away and require much patching and care to keep from their mingling with their mother earth before the time. They feel miserable in these old decaying tabernacles and long for the day when they can leave them and fall to fall and take possession of a good new house. Journal of Discourses, Volume 3, page 108. Now, brethren, you have got a spirit in you, and that spirit was created and organized, was born and begotten by our Father and our God before we ever took these bodies. And these bodies were formed by him and through him and of him just as much as the spirit was. For I will tell you, he commenced and brought forth spirits, And then when he completed that work, he commenced 
and brought forth tabernacles for these, spil- these spirits to dwell in. I came through him, both spirit and body. God made the elements that are that are made of, that they are made of, just as much as he made anything. Tell me the first thing that is made on earth that God did not organize and place here in this world. Not a thing. And quote, <clears throat> Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 31. Parley P. Pratt said, The very germ germs of these godlike attributes being engendered in man, the offspring of deity, only need cultivating, improving, developing, and advancing by means of the series of progressive changes in order to arrive at the foundation head, or the fountainhead, the standard, the climax of divine humanity, and that's from Parley P. Pratt's book, The Key, Keys of the Mysteries of the Godhead. Um, in the Essentials of Parley P. Pratt, page 187. Orson Pratt stated, And thus all the different portions of the earth have been and will be disposed of to the lawful heirs, while those who cannot prove their heirship will be to be legal of of who cannot prove that they have received any portion of, of the earth by promise will be cast out into some other kingdom or world where if they ever get an inheritance they will have to earn it by keeping the law of meekness during another probation journal of discourses volume 1 page 332 and 333. John Taylor stated, I will go back further and find the spirits that are existing with him in the eternal world. They came here and obtained bodies that both bodies and spirits might receive an exaltation among the gods and be capable of eternal increase, worlds without end. I think this agrees more with philosophy and truth, with an intelligent and extensive mind, with true religion, with our fathers and with God than anything else we see abroad. Journal of Discourses, Volume 1, page 158. Continuing on, and this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. Hence we have partaken of a portion of eternal lives and have begun to live forever. That's John Taylor, Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 24. For we have within us the seeds of eternal life, and no man can take them from us. We have begun to live forever and feel to rejoice and be glad under all circumstances and to sing hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth and will reign until he hath put all enemies under his feet. We are striving to help God to do that which he desires to do. And what is that? It is to benefit mankind. Journal of Discourses, Volume 11, page 164. John Taylor also goes on to say, When men leave this earth, they leave it to occupy another sphere 
in another state of existence. And if, as is the case with Brother Miller, they hold the priesthood that administers in time and in eternity, having fulfilled this part, as many others have done, who have left the world, and as our deceased brother has done, they hold that priesthood in the eternal worlds and operate in it there. It is an everlasting priesthood that administers in time and in eternity, and the gospel that we have received unfolds to us principles of which we were heretofore entirely ignorant. It shows us the relationship that exists between God and man, and it shows us the relationship that exists between men who have dwelt upon the earth before and those who exist today. Since the organization of the world, myriads have come and have taken upon themselves bodies, and they have passed away, generation after generation, into another state of existence. And it is so today. And I suppose while we were mourning the loss of our friend, others are rejoicing to meet him behind the veil. And while he has left us, others are coming into the world at the same time, and probably in this in this our territory. There is a continuous change, an ingress of beings into the world and an ingress out of it. As near as my memory serves me, from one-third to one-fourth of our population today are children under the age of eight years old. There are thousands of men upon the earth today among the saints of God of whom it was decreed before they came that they should occupy the the positions they have occupied and do occupy, and many of them have performed their part and gone home. Others are left to still further the duties and responsibilities devolving upon them. Journal of Discourses, Volume 23, pages 176 and 177. Wilfred Woodruff says, He thought they, those of the lower kingdom, would eventually have the privilege of proving themselves worthy in advancing to the celestial kingdom, but it would be a slow progress. Wilfred Woodruff referring to remarks made by Brigham Young, Wilfred Woodruff Journal, August 5, 1855. Wilfred Woodruff also wrote in his journal, President Young said, When some people have little children born at six and seven months from pregnancy, meaning that they were premature babies, and they live a few hours and then die, they bless them and name them. But I don't do it for I think that such a spirit has not a fair chance For I think that such a spirit will have a chance of occupying another tabernacle and develop itself. This is new doctrine, yet it looks consistent. Wilfred Woodruff quoting Brigham Young in the Diaries of Wilfred Woodruff, page 204. A little tangent, I guess. My mother had a stillborn who was 17 weeks along.
my wife had a stillborn at 17 weeks as well my mother believes that that child who passed in her womb that that spirit came back and that I'm that child and I don't know if that's true but I wonder if my son Ezekiel who passed at 17 weeks didn't come back and 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 um, inhabit the body of my son Arius I don't know I do know that God has given me some information about that but I don't know all things but I think it's interesting that Brigham Young thought of those things because I think a lot of people who have had miscarriages who have had stillborns or who have had babies who had died in infancy I think that crosses a lot of our minds I've had two die one at 17 weeks who was born a stillborn and one at 24 weeks who lived 13 hours and I got to hold her and talk to her and see her and she passed she had a really bad birth the way things happened it was a bad experience but I wonder about those things so her name was Emma by the way and she would be three this year Continuing on, if there was a point where man in his progression could not proceed any further, the very idea would throw a gloom over every intelligent and reflecting mind. God himself is increasing and progressing in knowledge and power and dominion, and will do so worlds without end. It is just so with us. We are in a probation, which is a school of experience. Journal of Discourses, Volume 6, page 120. There is another thing I wish to refer to here. I have heard that in Zion there are some men who entertain the idea that they inherit the body and spirits of Moses or Abraham or David or Noah or somebody other than themselves. And this is uh, the trans transmigration of souls, which... Um, Joseph Smith had a, a man of him. I can't remember what his name is. I talked about it in podcasts last month that believed the same kind of thing. And Joseph Smith said that it was a doctrine of the devils, but he didn't say that reincarnation was a doctrine of the devils. He was referring to the transmitigation or transmigration of like souls. So this individual claimed to be Enoch or Moses or whatever, who, ha- like, he had the same spirit or whatever. So anyway, that's what that's what Wilfred Woodruff is talking about, and that's what Joseph Smith was talking about too. I hope none of you here indulge in anything of this kind, because it is a most foolish and nonsensical and false doctrine. You gaze upon a man who professes to in, to have inherited the body or spirit of Moses or any of those I have named, and I think you will conclude that his appearance does not indicate that such is the case. At any rate, it certainly has not improved him, 
Brother Woodruff, Brother Cannon, Brother Smith, Brother Lorenzo Snow, or any of the brethren will never inherit anyone else's body or spirit but their own in time or in eternity, unless the devil gets into them. It is Satan who inspires men to believe in such absurd things. He delights in having any of the brethren entertain false ideas, no matter what they are. I tell you that whosoever sees me in time or eternity will see Wilfred Woodruff, not Noah, nor Abraham, nor Enoch. Every man has his own identity, and he never will lose that identity. Therefore, when you hear such doctrines as that advanced, do not believe it. There are a good many things Satan would like us to believe, but we must guard against these things. And that comes from, let's see here, Orson F. Whitney's diary regarding this talk given in Manti, Utah, May 19th, 1889. I Real quick, I just have to say one thing about that. So I've had individuals come to me and they, I've had several different individuals come to me and they have told me that I am Enoch or I am Elijah or I am John the Baptist or I am, I don't know, there's been a couple of different claims that people make. I don't know about any of that. God has not revealed that to me, and it makes no difference to me because who I am in this life is who I am. Um, But God has revealed to me that there is the opportunity that once this world has ended and we have all gained a state of resurrection, that when a new earth is created and this earth becomes a fire of sea and glass even a celestial sphere that we will have the opportunity to put off our resurrection and go in the spirit onto another plane of existence or another planet and live in mortality to gain the experiences that we need to gain in order to have a better resurrection So when I talk about multiple mortal probations or eternal lives, that is what I am talking about. And God has revealed that to me personally. However, he told me that there was more to it, but he never revealed to me what that meant. So I'm open to the ideas. These guys might be wrong. Joseph Smith, I don't know. But I don't believe that we have all of the answers and I'm not going to say that this is something that cannot happen but the evidence that I have seen in the scriptures and what God has told me is that that our eternal lives go from world to world not from probation to probation and and that in this life we have one life to live and then we we face the judgment. We are given a resurrection according to that which we have obtained. And that at the end of this eternal round, when God creates a new earth, and this earth becomes part of the Shamaim or the heavens, 
that we will have the opportunity, if we so choose, to put off our resurrection and go on a new earth and go into new probation and to gain experiences so that we can attain unto a higher resurrection. I know that that's true because God has revealed that to me personally and the Holy Spirit has confirmed the truth of it to me. But as far as this reincarnation type thing or this transmigration of souls or transmigration of souls, I don't know anything about it. The only thing I said, like I said, after God revealed this to me, he said there was more to it, but I have not obtained that knowledge at this point. So I'm going to have an open mind, but as far as like who I was before, why does it matter? Because I am in this life now and I am trying to improve upon the stewardships and responsibilities devolved upon me in this life. I'm trying to be obedient to what God has, has, has asked me to do in this life. And whether I was Joseph Smith or Elijah or Enoch or any other, it makes no difference now because I am Mark Lichtenwalter in this life. All right, continuing on, we're almost to 32%. All right, we're at 32%. So I'm going to get into Lorenzo Snow's quotes. And then when we get to 33%, I'll be done with this podcast, which at this point has already been an hour and a half. We're going to do three parts. So we're looking at, what, three, four and a half hours just for this chapter. So this is Lorenzo Snow. As man is, God once was. As God is, man may be. A revelation given to Lorenzo Snow in Nauvoo prior to his departure to the British Isles as a missionary and prior to his call to the apostleship. After arriving in Great Britain, Lorenzo shared this revelation with Brigham Young who responded, Brother Snow, that is new doctrine. If true, it has been revealed to you for your own private information and will be taught in due time by the prophet of the church. Till then, I advise you to lay it it upon the shelf and say no more about it. And that comes from The Life of Lorenzo Snow by Thomas C. Romney, pages 34 and 35. Um, I, I have a problem with that because... Joseph Smith spoke that in the King Follett Discourse. But people are attributing it to Lorenzo Snow. So, I don't know. It's just an observation I've made. And I'm like, okay, well, if Lorenzo Snow received it from God and then Joseph Smith spoke it later, that's fine. Because God has revealed to me things. And then later on, I find out that somebody else has, has been revealed the same doctrine whether I'm reading it in the Journal of Discourses or History of the Church or whether people have come to me with the same type of thing that God has revealed to them and he revealed it to me before them, like that's happened. So Lorenzo Snow may have received it, but Joseph Smith spoke it in Nauvoo. So anyway, continuing on. Jesus was a God before he came into the world, and yet his knowledge was taken away from him. He did not know his former greatness, neither do we know what greatness we had attained unto 
before we came here. But he had to pass through an ordeal as we have to do without knowing or realizing at the time the greatness and importance of his mission and works. Lorenzo Snow, Journal, page 181 and 182, and it's also recorded by Truman Manson in Five Classics by Truman G. Manson, page 197. There is just one thing that a Latter-day Saint, there is just one thing that a Latter-day Saint as an elder in Israel should never forget. It should be a bright, illuminating star before him all the time. In his heart, in his soul, and all through him, that is, he need not worry in the least whether he should be a deacon or a president of a church or it should suffice for him to know that his identity is to be like his father, a God, in eternity. He will not only be a president, but we, but he may, may see himself president of a kingdom, president of worlds with never-ending opportunities to enlarge his sphere of dominion. I saw this principle after being in the church, but but a short time it was made clear to me as the noonday sun. This thought in the breast of men filled with the light of the Holy Spirit tends to purify them and cleanse them from every ambitious and improper feeling. This glorious opportunity of becoming truly great belongs to every faithful elder in Israel. It is his by divine right and he will not have to come before this or any other quorum to have his statute defined. He may be a God in eternity. He may become like his father doing the works which his father did before him, and he cannot be deprived of the opportunity of reaching this exalted state. I never sought to be a 70 or a high priest, because this eternal principle was revealed to me long before I was ordained to the priesthood. The position which I hold now occupies, which I now occupy, and he was then president of the church, is nothing as compared with what I expect to occupy in the future. At a meeting of the First Presidency and Council of the Twelve recorded in BYU Special Collections Microfilm Reel Number 1, page 209, see also Five Classics by Truman G. Manson, page 199. Continuing on, I find in reflecting on life that this world is short compared with that of eternity. That our intelligence, the divinity within us, has always existed and was never created, and will always exist throughout all eternity. In view of these facts, it becomes us as intelligent beings to realize that this life closes in a few days, and then comes the life which is eternal. And in proportion as we have kept the commandments, we have the advantage of those who failed to make those improvements. Many wonder and become despondent over the question, how can we feeble creatures of the dust 
subject to all temptation, how can we anticipate an advancement to glory and exaltation? It is not a chimera of the brain. Is there any foundation for this hope? The Lord will forgive seventy times seven and former and former as long as man has weaknesses he will extend mercy towards him. If all men are eventually to be saved, what then is the use of all this anxiety and trouble? Some may say. There are vastly different degrees of glory in the kingdom of our God. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are no gods. We are told that Father Smith, the patriarch, is at his right hand. This glory it is for us to attain. May we so live and order our lives that we may be worthy of to stand in the presence of God and receive the glory he has prepared for is my prayer. Amen. And that comes from, let's see here, BHS Publishing. Hold on. That comes from Brian Hill's study, Collected Discourses, uh, five volumes. And that one is in the second volume on page 259 and 260. Continuing on, if we are in this condition, the trials and afflictions that we have to pass through will not have power to move us because we are founded upon the revelations of the Almighty God. God has fulfilled his promises to us, and our prospects are grand and glorious. Yes, in the next life we will have our wives and our sons and our daughters. If we do not get them all at once, we will have them sometime. For every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is the Christ. You that are mourning about your children, straying away, will have your sons and your daughters. If you succeed in passing through these trials and afflictions and receive a resurrection, you will, by the power of the priesthood, work and labor as the sons of God, uh, as the sons of God have, until you get all of your sons and daughters in the path of exaltation and glory. This is just as sure as the sun rose this morning over yonder mountains. Therefore, mourn not, because all your sons and daughters do not follow in the path that, that you have marked out for them, or give heed to your counsel. Inasmuch as we succeed in securing eternal glory and standing as saviors and as kings and priests to our God, we will save our posterity. When Jesus went through that terrible torture on the cross, he saw that what would be accomplished by it. He saw that his brethren and sisters and the sons and daughters of God would be gathered in with but few exceptions, those who committed the unpardonable sin. That sacrifice of the divine being was effectual to destroy the powers of Satan. I believe that every man and woman who comes into this life and passes through it, that life will be a success in the end. It may not be in this life. End quote. 
and that's from uh, Collected Discourses by Brian Hales, or Brian H. Stoy. Actually, I think it might be Brian H. Stoy. I don't know. Anyway, and that comes from Volume 3, page 364 and 365. I assumed it was Brian Hells, but it says Brian H. Stoy, and I've never heard of him before, so forgive me if I've been messing that up. I'm sorry. Uh, like I said, this is the second time I've read it, and like these are kind of confusing how they're put together. Anyway, continuing on, we're just going to finish this uh, list of quotes and when we get to the next person that's where i'm going to start the new podcast now i will say what i receive in vision which was just as clear as the sun ever shone the knowledge that was communicated to me i embraced in this couplet as man now is god once was as god now is man may be that is a very wonderful thing it was to me. I did not know, but that I had come into possession of that knowledge, that I had no business with it, but I knew it was true. Nothing of this kind had ever reached my ears before. It was preached a few years after that. At least the prophet Joseph Smith taught the idea to the 12 apostles. Now, however, it is common property. But I do not know how many there are here that have got a real knowledge of these things in their hearts. If you have, I will tell you what it is. I will tell you what its effects will be. As John said, every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as God is pure. Now, how is it that God pro- proposes to confer this, um, this mighty honor upon us and to raise us to this condition of glory and exaltation? Who are we that God should do all this for us? Why, we are just beginning to find out that we are the offspring of God, born with the same faculties and powers as he possesses, capable of enlargement through the experiences that we are now passing through in our second estate. Let me illustrate. Here is an emperor sitting upon his throne, governing and controlling his empire wisely and properly. He has an infant son that sits upon the knee of its mother. That son he proposes to one day sit upon his throne to govern and control his empire. Here is that infant, perfectly helpless, not knowing how to sustain its own life, not able to walk alone without any knowledge, and here is this mighty emperor sitting upon his throne and governing his vast empire. Who would believe that he could raise that infant up to such a condition as to make it suitable to be placed on his throne? No one would unless he had seen such things accomplished in his his experience. Seeing the infant developed into boyhood and then into manhood, possessing all the powers, faculties, and possibilities of its father, now we are the sons and daughters of God. He has begun 
he's begotten us in his own image. He has given us faculties and powers that are capable of enlargement until his fullness is reached, which he has promised, until we shall sit upon thrones governing and controlling our posterity from eternity to eternity and increasing eternally. That is the fact in regard to these matters. And there are some people who understand distinctly what I am saying. Does it seem a hard thing that God should raise his posterity and place them upon thrones to govern and control their posterity from eternity to eternity? There are thousands of things that might be said in connection with this subject. But I refrain from saying more because my time has expired. There are many things that we have to attend to, and it would pay us well to attend to them. God has pointed out the results of traveling upon this road of glory and exaltation, and the promises are sure. The Lord knew precisely what he could do. He knew what materials he had to operate with, and he knew just what he said. If we do the part that he has assigned unto us and keep our second estate, we shall be sure to realize these promises in every particular and more than you and I can possibly comprehend. God bless you, my brethren and sisters. Do not be discouraged. The path may be rough, but much of its roughness arises from our own indifferences and carelessness. It would be much smoother if we would diligently observe the commandments of God and keep the Spirit of the Lord continually in our hearts. Yet after all, there are sacrifices to make. But in making these sacrifices, there is a possibility of having enjoyment in the anticipation of what will be the final result. Amen. And that is uh, Wilfred Woodruff. And it's recorded in Brian H. Stoy, Edited Collection Discourses, volume, five volumes. BHS Publishing. Uh, let's see, volume four, page 162. And the next person that we're going to be talking and quoting about is Erastus Snow. And that's going to be in part two of chapter 9, Eternal Progression, Eternal Lives. So thank you for listening, everyone. Take care. God bless. And goodbye.